0: Good afternoon. As we come to worship God today, as we pray for the Bears' play today, we come to listen to these joyful readings we've had today, the message from our God. Unsurprisingly, God is calling us, extending the invitation like he gave to Bartimaeus. I want to begin by asking you to think of a situation, or maybe you, it has all happened to you, but someone you know, an incident that really made you desperate, that you'd have done anything in your power to do something about it. Think of an incident. Maybe you don't have, I can give you one. Think of a parent, maybe a mother, with a child with a rare genetic disorder. And she knows there is no my about this. But then she hears about the same identical situation of a certain child, and there was this extraordinary physician who healed that child. And all of a sudden, you hear that that physician is coming in your town. What will you do to meet that physician? I guess all of us as a parent, you will do anything in your power. You'll go out of your way to meet that physician. Because as a mother, as a parent, that's the only hope you have, the only shot in life for a child to be healed again. So think of that image now and launch into the gospel today. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And this gospel begins that he's in Jericho, all of us know that Jericho is 18 miles. 18 miles from Jerusalem. It's northeast of Jerusalem. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. But what awaits him all that week is crucifixion, death, nothing else. He knows he's on his journey, but he's not coming back. He knows what's ahead of him. But on his way, the crowd is shelling up as we do, the crowd is yelling him up. But all of a sudden in the crowd there was a voice crying out for pity. But Maeus the blind man says he asks who is that and they tell him Jesus is coming. He says Jesus son of David have pity on me. Those are very important words because the word have pity on me if you open your psalms psalm 4 psalm 51 41 psalm 123 have pity on me it's a prayer a cry for mercy which is only addressed to god so when but cries the same words have pity on me he believes this is the incarnate god he knows this is my only shot What does the crowd do? The crowd says, oh, just shut up, you blind beggar. It's putting him down, just shut up. Don't even waste our time. He has no time for you. That's the communal sin. We don't live what others are going through, so it's easy for us to put them down. But listen what happens. He refuses to be part of the crowd. He refuses to be part of the crowd. He cries out to them all. Jesus, have pity on me. Jesus is preoccupied with what is going to happen to him in Jerusalem. But because of this cry, he stops. Sometimes even as we think that we're not worthy having God's attention. But His cry made the God who made all the universe to stop and pay attention to him. Even us, when we cry, God stops. Says, what's going on? When Jesus stopped, you know what he said? Bring him here. Call him. When that cry reached God's ear, God heard and stopped and said, bring him here. Now this is the problem with the crowd. They have been telling him, shut up. Now they're cheering him on. Get up, he's calling you. Come on, they're cheering up. You see how dynamics our communities change. They can laugh with you. They can cry with you. Sometimes the opposite. But the crowd cheers him up and says, he goes to Jesus. And Jesus asks him a very, you can think it's obvious question. What do you want me to do for you? Okay, if someone was starving and comes to you, and he's asking for food. You know that he's starving. And ask him, what can I do for you? You can say, it's just obvious. But God is respecting our free will. God doesn't override our free will. He says, you are a child of God, made in God's image, you have your free will. What do you want me to do for you? And Maya says, I want to see. He is very specific. How do we pray? Sometimes we say very ambiguous prayers to God. You know, God, I'm praying for this. Maybe you can do this for me. Maybe, maybe. No. Make your prayer very specific. But Maas, he does the same thing. He says, I want to see. Very clear. He says, I want to see. The prayer is very clear and jesus says your faith has saved you how many of us can get god's attention because of our faith and how many of us can our faith save us and what happens when he's saved he doesn't go back home shouting you know guys i can now see he follows him he began by calling him son of david now calls him teacher. He becomes a disciple. So in the crowd today we've had people but we can choose to be part of the Catholic crowd or we can choose to be part of Jesus. So the blind but mayors refuses to be part of the crowd and chooses to be part of Jesus because he wants to see. All of us Think of our situations we've gone through. Maybe they've been very hurting, and we want to see things as they used to be. We always talk about the good old days, the good old days. Jesus is teaching us that sin distorts all this. So when we come to Christ and say we want to see, we want to see things as they used to be, we want this hope whereby we are the children. He gives us that As I conclude one point, I want to point to see here today, when Jesus calls this man, the crowd cheers him up, says, get up. They help him. What about us? There are so many people in our lives that have helped us to be what we are today. Someone helped you to become what you are today. Maybe a parent, a friend, a colleague, a teacher, someone trusted you, someone encouraged you, someone supported you, I'm going to ask you today, when you go back this week, I want you to help someone also, support someone, encourage someone, because what you want today is not because you are so special. God brought people in your life to support you, to help you to become what you are today. So the Gospels are telling us today, go and do the same. Go and hold someone on hand. Bring him up. Go and encourage someone. Go and trust someone. And then in the end, we can share in the mission of Christ. The Lord be with you.